Welcome into the Trevor Stop Show, episode number 51. Today, we have the recent Las Vegas Challenge champion, Katrina Allen. We're going to talk to Katrina all about that win in Vegas and just how that event went for her in general. So let's hop right into the interview. All right, we welcome onto the show now our special guest for this episode. We've got the 2023 and now back-to-back Las Vegas Challenge champion, Katrina Allen. Thank you so much for joining the show, Katrina. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course, um, I think it was about exactly a year last time you were on this show because it was right after you won Vegas last year, and now you're back. Uh, this tournament, you went wire-to-wire, holding on to the lead for four consecutive rounds. What do you think a wire-to-wire performance like that says about your game? Um, man, I don't know. I guess I've never thought about it that way. I just more think um, my off-season training really showed, you know, um, I felt comfortable with my discs in the wind, um, feeling more confident on the tee box, uh, putting feels great. And then on top of all of that, um, just some new confidence and trying to tap into, uh, let's see, translating how I feel and practice to game time decisions, right? Like controlling those nerves and tapping into that next level. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so obviously Vegas was the opening event of the pro tour this year. Um, how much does it alleviate the pressure and expectations that you put on yourself or others might put on you, uh, for the season when you get a win out of the way, just straight away? Um, I don't know, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, the women's field is getting harder and harder every season. So yeah, to start with a win is yeah. Good momentum, confidence booster. Yeah. Are you entering most seasons um, not really worried about that kind of pressure, knowing that the win will come eventually? Yeah. I mean, I feel like even if I don't have a great season, I still have, you know, three or four good wins. Um, Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely a great, a great place to be for sure. Um, so heading into the weekend, it was apparent that the weather was going to be a factor, particularly the wind, um, something that's typical with Vegas. Uh, are you the type of player that will actually change your bag based on the conditions or is it something you just stick with and change your shot selection? Um, so I always have what I call meat hooks or like, you know, like I have a hypercane and a hellfire that I rarely throw. Um, that are there for those conditions. Um, but no, I don't change my bag just, you know, uh, adjust to the wind or, um, I guess, I guess my bag's always ready for all conditions. I should say. Okay. Yeah. I go play at elevation right now and be fine as well. Does that make sense? Yeah. That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. I I know a lot of players, like I've never been one to change it too much, but I know a lot of players like to have more of a fluid bag, but I feel like that can be tricky if you're like putting in stable discs for the wind, but then you don't know them as well. And half the battle with the wind is just knowing what the disc does. I feel like. Right. Yeah. I like to have, like I said, yeah, I just like to be prepared for all conditions and yeah. I mean, and then I feel like, you have to know that that's going to happen in Vegas, right? Like you have to be prepared right. for that. And even in te- right? Like the first whole swing is going to be like that. Like yeah, I sure certain- have those conditions at the Memorial at some point as well. Certainly. Yeah. The wind in the spring is, is definitely no joke. Um, so as far as playing in the wind goes, you know, obviously it's a, it's a whole different element to the game. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, but what part of the game do you find to be the most challenging or frustrating when wind does get involved? Mm. on Sunday, I like, wasn't vibing with it. Like I was either not giving it enough credit or giving it too much credit or like it was gusty. I think it's when it's gusty and it's not consistent and it's switching. 
Um, or if it's like, I've been on tour for so many years, like if I go to a course, I'm like, oh yeah, this is the prevailing wind. This is the wind I'm used to, you know? It's like when it's a completely switches, maybe mm. when we didn't have it practiced, we haven't had that wind in years and I start to kind of, you know, yeah, definitely. I, I feel like I agree that the gusts are the, are the tough part because mm -hmm. there's almost nothing to do about them. Do you feel like part of playing in the wind is just almost accepting it and just realizing it's going to be there? I have to deal with it. Yeah. I was actually talking to someone about how the wind can actually sometimes bring out the best in me because it's like, oh, I, okay, it's a right to left. So I have to put it out wider. And, you know, I'm going to throw this on this angle at that tree. And I'm not thinking about the result, right? I'm just thinking mm. about this, like, it really makes me kind of hyper-focus or whatever. You yeah. know, just thinking about one thing. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can see that because I think a lot of times, especially on courses where there's a lot of, like, musket par threes, you're only thinking about, I need this disc to land here, where when the wind comes in, you're really thinking about the angle of your disc on release, where it has to start. And I, I can see that, like, almost making you, that extra focus making things easier almost to some degree right and then the you know the conditions are harder so people aren't scoring so you take that pressure off of scoring and then sometimes if you just hyper focus on that all of a sudden you're like getting birdie looks and you're like oh yeah okay i'm actually handling these conditions pretty well right i mean yeah. i know a lot of people have said before that you know if if it's bad weather wind and rain and you can just have the right attitude you've already beaten half the field because they don't yes. want it yes <laughs> yeah. it's, it's kind of funny because i hate playing in the rain but sometimes it brings out a better, yeah, mindset for me. Like it's the same yeah. thing. It's like it's taking this pressure off of like birdieing every hole, and you're just you go in survival mode and just like, okay, yeah. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. Do you feel like there you can kind of sense the vibe when the weather's bad? Like as you're around the competitors, do you can you realize that there are some players that are like really checked out when the weather gets bad? Well, they literally check out. Yeah. <laughs> Like, no offense, I don't want to call anyone out, but it, like people don't come back, right? Oh, yeah. 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 So, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it kind of shows, yeah, your grit or your grind or your how mental sure. stuff or, yeah, what you're willing to deal with. Most, most definitely, yeah. Um, so, Wild Horse is a deadly combination of both the wind that we had mentioned, uh, along with those dormant grass fairways that really play like ice, uh, creating those massive skip and ro skips and rollaways. Does the angle that the disc will land on become a large focus when you're dealing with that kind of terrain where you know that there could be huge skips? Yeah, I mean, I think Austin and I were talking about that. And especially on top of what you're saying, some of those greens are, um, you know, slowly elevated on a hill. And yeah. so it's kind of like you either have to air it and control it or you have to like land short and skip up, right? So it's right. like brings in a whole nother factor of like, yeah, do I want to play the skip and hope I get it? Or do I want to air it and kind of fight the wind in a different way? So, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like when we see the golf courses, the one thing that makes them really fascinating is the upshot game gets so complex because you see these 120-foot upshots that in a grass field normally would be no big deal. But now all of a sudden you're thinking about the bunkers or the slope and the way the disc could slide or roll away. And it, it really makes it a different game out there. I feel like no, a hundred percent. And actually it's something I really, now that you're saying that I think of some upshots that I didn't, I was maybe like two feet from being perfect. And it left me with, you know, an outside the circle putt or a, yeah. you know, 20 more feet than I wanted because you get that, you know, release where you, uh, yeah, it's sometimes like you want to almost 
land, depending on what you're throwing, land outside of circle two mm-hmm. and get the flare skip and the rollout, right? Yeah. 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 It, it makes well, a, a good, yeah, it makes you really control your angle and your height and how wide you get it. Yeah. It becomes more tricky, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Vegas is one of the few times during the year where we see, uh, you see it in Portland a lot too when they play on the golf course where those upshots become like you can't just glaze over them anymore, especially when you're watching the coverage. You know, a really good player might not get up and down from 100 feet. And right. it's just, it's, it's, you have to play for the ground to get involved. And then sometimes it doesn't. So yeah. it certainly makes it interesting. Um, so one thing that happened. Uh, from last year to this year, obviously, it didn't really make an ultimate difference because he won both times. But they they changed the courses. They they went from three courses down to two. I know that seemed like a favorable thing for a lot of players. How did you feel about that change? I always feel bad when you guys ask me this because I'm just like one course, ten courses, two rounds, eight <laughs> rounds. You know, I'm from when we played Worlds where it was like nine and a half rounds or whatever. It's true. So it's like, you know, I hear sometimes these people complaining. I'm like, we used to play was it nts where it would be like saturday sunday two rounds and a final nine or something in four different courses so it's like you had to go get lunch and go back and get ready to play um but i mean practicing was i felt a lot more prepared you know i feel like sometimes you're especially with coming from all-stars right so we only had Mm -hmm. three days um so i didn't feel like stressed to you know what i mean with that third course yeah, yeah, I definitely yeah. I think that that's a lot to have to practice those extra courses. Yeah. And like you said, you've certainly seen worse. Uh, there, right. There's been some crazy yeah. formats. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it, I think it's headed in the right direction. It's um, also nice to uh, get a second chance, right? Yeah, at yeah. the course. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense too. Cause I think last year, I believe you started on the infinite course and that was the only time you played it. And that is kind of weird to like, if you don't have a great round there, you know, you don't have another shot at it. And that, right. that kind of is a bummer. Um, so the first three rounds were pretty smooth for you. It was the fourth round where you found some trouble before. And then after that kind of going three under through the final eight and closing the door for good, uh, during the middle of that round, when things got slightly turbulent, it started to get close. Missy, you know, at one point got within two, she was very close. Um, are you actively trying to have like a full mental reset or is it, or is your game more of the thing where you're staying within the moment of each shot? So you're kind of erasing the bad mistakes as they go. Um, yeah, I think, I think what I did wrong to start the round was I was playing too safe, right? Mm. Like, uh, I hear that a lot with disc golf. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously don't be stupid, right? Don't, right. Um, but I think it's what I did so well. Like, I'm not going to lie. The first round, I felt okay, but it's the first round of the season. I had a lot of nerves. The wind was crazy. So I was just trying to, like, met, you know, get the least amount of bogeys and let the birdies come. Yeah. But then when I had that putt on uh, hole one around two, I was kind of like, should I run this? Should I? And then, I, you know, like I just talked about, I'm like, I would run this every time in practice, and I would probably make both of them. So why yeah. don't I lay up now? Like, this is my yeah. time to shine. And, like, let's go out swinging, right? Like, yeah. Uh, what's the worst that can happen? You miss? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. right? Um, I feel confident in my comebackers, right? Like, even if I were to go. So, anyways, I felt like I felt that really great the second and third round. And then, yeah, I think I played two. Yeah, I was hesitant. Uh, should I run this? Shouldn't I? And I like, couldn't get 
my mind wouldn't like kind of calm down. And then on top of it, the wind was weird. It was yeah. windier than I thought it was going to be. And it was a different wind. And it was like one of those winds were like, it'll drop you or lift you if you're not careful. So you're kind of battling mm-hmm. both sides. Right. Um, and I just felt like, um, yeah, I just couldn't get going. And it's like, I was just trying to let the round come to me. Like birdies will come, birdies will come. Right. Like there's some easier par fours and, uh, you know, and then honestly, when I hit the cart, it was like, yeah. <laughs> I said to Austin, I was like, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but like, I think I needed that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I turned around and finally parked a hole and like threw a good shot and didn't think about anything. You know, it was almost like kind of fired me up in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, it, you know, you found yourself a few times in your career where you build such a great lead heading into that last round that it's in a weird spot where you're like, I almost feel like I have to play safe, but you know, is it going to affect like, it, yeah. it is a tough spot to be yeah. in, honestly, playing yeah. with that size lead. Um, so yeah, I want to learn that Ken Climo just, you know, uh, gas pedal down or Macbeth <laughs> sometimes happen to that too, or, you know, like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just staying on it for sure. Learning experience. I told, um, I was talking to Austin, like my, you know, I feel so confident in my throw again and my putt feels good. My mental game feels good that I could possibly be in that position again. And so I think it was a great learning experience on just like, yeah, I need to just stay in that same mindset. Like I'd rather lose sticking to my game plan, being confident, you know, like I yeah. said, I don't need to be stupid, but like, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I get it. It makes yeah. sense to me. Yeah. Um, so you threw the disc well in Vegas, but you really separated yourself from the field with the putter. Uh, your 11.23 strokes gained putting was the best in the division for that event. Uh, what do you really focus on when putting in the wind to stay effective? Oh, man. Um, the one thing that I was struggling with this offseason, because it was actually quite windy in uh, Phoenix, got still this offseason, is mm. I noticed if I'm not conscious of it, I can get kind of stabby because you're kind of okay. like, you kind of tense up a little bit. Right. Yeah. And like, yeah, just to focus more on my angle where, you know, higher, lower, more right, left, whatever the wind's doing and just staying smooth. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why, but like, maybe it's cause I'm not a spin putter also. Right. Like, so I'm trying to right. play a little more spin, but just trying to be smooth and actually, it was kind of getting to me until I think it was hole four of the first round where I finally just was like made a good wind putt. But yeah, it, it can be tough to get in a rhythm in the wind for yeah. sure. Yeah. And are, did you say, do you kind of add a little more spin to your putt when it's windy? I try to, I don't have a lot of it, you know? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I get yeah. it. I get it. It's more of a subconscious thing. Like I might yeah. want to spin this a little more, but yeah. sometimes it happens. Yeah. Um, it's really just for me controlling my nose angle. Yeah. A lot. Like if I'm yeah. not careful, it'll lift or drop it really badly. So it's, yeah, that's the right. most important for me anyways. Yeah. I, um, I wanted to know how much of your putting success can you attribute to the steady? Because I tried that putter all last year and had some pretty mixed results, but then I noticed that, are you putting with the steady BLs now? Yes. Yes. So I guess I was missing you out the whole BL. time. Yeah. So I actually was going to put with the steadies and yeah. Scott Kesey was just like, okay just try it. You know, like I had a stack of six and I put two in and there was just something about them. And now yeah. it's like, it's crazy. Cause for what, 12, 11 years, 12, 11, 12 years, I putted with a bead. It's yeah. the first time I've ever putted without a bead. And, um, I was actually just asking Austin, I'm like, 
he putted um 100 in circle one and circle two the last round i was like did you have a putt ever that you missed but it went in because the steady just gets there right yeah and i feel like it's just created this confidence where i don't have to putt as hard i don't feel like i feel like i can be smoother and just work focus on my release so, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I, all right, steady BL. I got to yeah. get on it, I guess. Okay. Yeah. The beadless makes the difference. Yeah. Um, so, but you're now in your second season throwing DGA on the tour. Um, do you have additional confidence in your game now that you've kind of had that full season of experience to learn that plastic and sort out your bag? Um, yeah, I mean, I would, you guys know me. I try not to make excuses out there, but I definitely think when you've played with the same bag for nine years, right? I step yeah. up to a hole and I'm like, Sometimes I even have that same disc I've been throwing for like six years, right? So it's like, yeah. so that was a little bit of adjustment, but I feel really good about my bag now. Just, yeah, really solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, being able to win in the wind is a pretty good sign that you've yeah. got an idea of what everything's yeah. doing for yeah. sure. Um, so what molds were you leaning on the most in Vegas? I know I, I saw you throwing a pink approach disc around quite a bit, but what were the molds that were, that you're really leaning on in the wind? Um, I, so there's, the torrent, the SP swirl that we did a release at Ledgestone. And then with the rest of them, we threw them on my website. Yeah. I think I threw that. Like that was what I threw off the tee. Anytime there was a little bit of wind. Mm, uh, okay. And then I was throwing a color shift bonsai same on my website. And I, uh, was throwing that as my overstable fairway. It's a little okay. glidey and it's not like super overstable, but just really consistent and really uh, glidey. Um, yeah. I threw that on a lot of the par threes on the infinite course. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, that pink disc you're talking about would be my breaker, my ice breaker. That's what I thought. Mm -hmm. Okay. And yeah, I know. Yeah. Everybody loves the breaker. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I figured that's what you're going with. I, I know you. You keep mentioning that torrent and I've, and I've seen you throw it a bunch and I want to try the torrent out yeah. because it seems like a pretty good mold. Yeah. Um, yeah. And well, I highly so recommend those ones because I don't know, they're really like for me stable, but yeah. I'll be out doing field work and I'll throw like a nice smooth, like, you know, full flight with a hurricane and mm -hmm. I'll kind of like not get on the torrent and it'll be like 20 feet past that beautiful wow golf yeah because like, i love the hurricane like the yeah. hurricane's in my bag right now so if it so the torrent the torrent just goes further yeah okay and these have right. a good stability like like i was throwing them in headwinds this last weekend and still i didn't feel like i was losing a lot of distance where if i throw the hypercane i'm gonna lose a lot of distance or a very overstable hurricane yeah so it's right. nice yeah. to have that stability and not lose you know a lot of distance okay okay i'm gonna check it out so this win was your 180th career PDGA win. Uh, you're starting to get within sight of that 200th win, which would put you in very rare company. Only nine athletes and only four female athletes have ever achieved this feat. Uh, what would it mean to you to join such an exclusive club? Um, man, it's probably people I looked up to when I first started playing too, I'm assuming. Yeah, well, I mean, four yeah, women. Do you have them? Yeah, uh, it would be Elaine uh, Des Redding is in there. Yep. Um, Juliana Corver and I forget the last. I'm, I'm blanking right now, but I hadn't. I actually hadn't heard of her. I think she played back in the day, but um, she had 250, I believe. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it wasn't. Was it Carrie Burlogger? No, uh, I might. I think I'll be able to find it real quick here. Okay. Cause I, I don't want to, I don't want to miss out. Cause I think she might've been the leader. I was Barrett white. Oh, the name. Barrett. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. From Wisconsin. Yeah. 
But yeah, so I'm that's like the club all, right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I mean, that would be awesome, especially because the last few years it's been harder to win, right? Like yeah, oh, the certainly. The field has grown, so I feel like each win is very important. And yeah, yeah no, that would be awesome. So 20 wins to go. How many seasons do you think you'll need to reach the 200 mark? Well, I signed a contract through for the next three seasons, and I'm not sure what my future after that. So I'm going to give myself three seasons to do that. Okay. Three seasons to get, to get 20 more. Very doable. Yeah. Very yeah. doable for sure. Um, all right. Well, that's, that's all I had for you, Katrina. Um, we're looking forward to seeing you out at Waco and uh, congratulations again on winning that second consecutive Las Vegas challenge. It was certainly a great performance and uh, excited to see what the rest of the season holds for you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Of course. Okay. Have a good one. All right, and thanks once again to Katrina for hopping on the show tonight. Uh, it was great hearing from her uh, about that win in Vegas. Really interesting to get her perspective on the conditions and how she really handles those situations. Um, other than that, though, we're going to be back next week with another great episode, and there are certainly some pretty crazy stories developing in disc golf this year, so you're going to want to stay tuned, uh, but we'll see you then. 